Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. For the talk, we're going to be in John, the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 5. If you're new to the Bible, the Gospel of John is the fourth book in in the New Testament. There's also some little John books, like John 1, 2, and 3, that are toward the back, little John, smaller John books. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, but we'll be in the Gospel of John, which tells a bunch of the story <clears throat> of Jesus. All right, opening thought. We shared a testimony a few weeks ago. Just going to recap a testimony where Janice was experienced a physical healing uh, from the Lord. And so uh, it was back in July, it was July 2nd, Janice came to church, she made a comment to Elise that she'd been sick with intense gallbladder issues, likely the pain wouldn't really allow her to sit through the whole service, but she came to church anyway. During the service, there was an announcement for healing prayer. How many of you remember this testimony, somebody here, yeah. There was an announcement for healing prayer, Janice responded, and here was the testimony that I received in an email, as she was prayed for, she felt a cooling sensation went down through her body. Instantly, all pain and symptoms were gone. And I just touched base with Janice a couple days ago, and to this day still, she has not had any symptoms come back. So it's an example of a physical healing. And I know that probably... There are some thoughts in the room right now when we share a testimony like that. There's some of us that like just celebrate like, ooh, that's wonderful. There's probably some in the room, skepticism, like, well, I don't know. I don't know that Janice. Maybe she made it all up. No, I don't know why. This is, this is what skeptics look like. No, right? And that's, by the way, I'm not, con- that's legit. I think sometimes things get a little weird when you're talking about physical healing, and so that's okay if you're like, I don't know if I, um, but I think we would all gather around the idea. Uh, we love the thought that God would intervene in physical circumstances with healing, right? Most of us have situations, if you don't have one now, there'll be one in your life where you will hope for and want God to come into a physical situation and make some pain go away or some cancer get out of here. Does that make sense? We need that. Um, And to be sure, throughout the biblical story of God, God is a God who fairly regularly intervenes and brings healing into situations. 2 Kings chapter 5, here's an Old Testament example. There's a soldier, his name is Naaman, and it says of him that he was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy, a horrible skin disease. That's verse 1. By the end of the story in verse 14, his flesh is restored and became, look at this, clean like that of a young boy. That would be nice if it was that, that's like better than noxema or... Noxema is not even a thing anymore, is it? Has anyone heard of Noxema? Is that a, was that a thing? 
Yeah, like it, back in the, in the 1800s, it was... <laughs> Sorry. Something's probably really relevant. Nivea, is that a thing? Somebody give me a relevant term for lotion. Seatbelt? What? What was it? Cetaphil. Cetaphil. Yeah, that's totally how you say it. I use it all the time. That's why my face looks like that of a young boy. Okay, we're moving on. Because uh, we shouldn't even have stopped there, but we did. So it was a miracle in the Old Testament. When you get to the story of Jesus, lots and lots of physical healings in the story of Jesus. In Matthew 8, it says, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. He drove out evil spirits, drove out the spirits with a word. And here it says, healed all the sick. He passed an assignment onto the disciples that included praying for and bringing healing to sick folks. It says, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And it says, heal the sick. There was some more to the assignment as well. So if you're like me, you're like, yeah, and how do we do that? Because it's not easy, it doesn't always work, right? And so is there a way we could figure out how we could increase the chances of seeing healing around us and perhaps even in us? That's what we're going to explore today. We're walking through the Gospel of John. The title for the series is John, One Disciple's Unique Perspective. And today we're going to learn from one of the stories of Jesus healing. Here's the background. Uh, Jesus is in the process of revealing himself to the world. He's chosen his disciples. He's teaching in public, and he's beginning to have healing as part of his ministry. Just a note on this story today, it's quite unique because most of the stories of healing in the Bible have to do with a person who is need, who is in need like running to Jesus or getting Jesus' attention. This one's unique because Jesus actually sees a need and he approaches this man. So it's a little bit different. Um, okay, we can start in verse 1 of chapter 5. Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem... Near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Pause. It may have looked something like this, something up on the screen, just so we're imagining it. It was probably some kind of a man-made pond gathering place where uh, there were apparently five pillars that held up shady spots. So it had been a really nice place to hang out. And so people that were sick would take advantage of this public place and say, well, let's be here. Uh, there's a little more to that as well. Verse 
5. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. A little history, reputation of this pool of Bethesda. Apparently, it was known for a place where, I can't explain this, but some supernatural healings would occur in, in this water. So I imagine something like the water like would start to bubble or ripple effect. And that was a sign that if you could get in, maybe you would be healed of your disease. So I, you know, I just picture like bubbles coming up and someone saying, it's happening. And then anybody around would be try to get in the water as fast as they could. Now, if you're an invalid, paralyzed guy, that's a difficult situation because you're going to be the slow person to, that tries to get in the water. So that's this guy's experience. And somewhere in there, it apparently tugs the heart of Jesus because in verse 8, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Let me fill in a few more verses uh, some of the religious people didn't like the fact that he was carrying a mat on the Sabbath day. Jesus actually just kind of fades back into the crowd. So there's kind of a big ruckus. Why are you carrying your mat? And he was, I was healed and all those things. And then Jesus loops around later in the day. And we'll finish the story because he approaches the guy who he uh, healed earlier. He says, later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The title of the talk is Made Well. Jesus heals a man's body. And we're going to see what we can learn regarding physical healing from this story. And the quick application of this, of course, is most of us, and even right now you might think of a situation where there's a person that you know that's sick, like they, they have cancer, they have whatever, and you want to be part of potentially bringing God's healing into that situation, this is the kind of stuff that will help. Let's pray. Um, a lot of times, Lord, we get a heart to help and be helpful, and we know that you're a God who heals, but we also, it doesn't always work, and we'd like to get better. So, will you give us some principles today that we might increase the chance of seeing your kingdom come to sick situations or sickness in our world? Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Two ideas from this text. The first one is this. Physical healing is connected to a desire for wellness. A desire for wellness. 
and I would emphasize desire here. In the text, Jesus saw him lying there. He learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time. And then he asks him this curious question. Do you want, yes, this, this seems kind of silly. Do you want to get well? Now, it might seem obvious. Well, of course he wants to get well. But I think we also would do well to admit um, sometimes we can get comfortable in our ailments and does this make any sense? Like you can kind of get comfortable and it's in being sick is a safe place because if you get well, there might be some things that have to change in your life. Like if you're an invalid and you get well, you might have to get a job. Or you can stay in our sickness because we get attention for our sickness. Some of you are like, oh no, this doesn't make it. Did, have any of you ever milked uh, a, a sickness when you were in school because you just wanted to stay home at least one more day. <laughs> right? Or yeah, I really could get up on my back. Just still really hurts. If you could bring me some more of that ice cream, I would love that. <laughs> right? So there's a comfort here. Uh, just to end a, a caution, I do think that also sometimes our ailments, our sickness can be, end up being part of our identity. Where if we weren't this thing... We wouldn't, we wouldn't know, well, what would it be like if I wasn't? Does that make sense? So this is a thing, right? Amen? This is a thing. And for this guy, if he gets well, it's going to change some things. But I think in this guy's case, there is an authentic, real desire. His answer to do you want to get well is yes, I do want to get well. Because in verse 7... His response to Jesus is, sir, I have no one to help me in the pool. And then here's what I noticed. First time I noticed this. He says, while I am trying to get in the water. Like I am trying to get in. Someone goes down ahead of me. This is a sad picture in my imagination because you have the invalid guy. Can't move as quick as everybody else. And... Like, I imagine, like, late one evening, maybe he's even fairly close to the pool. Because he's not standing, right, he'd be all, I'm going to get down on the ground now. Everybody's going to freak. But, you know, he's down here, and whatever doesn't work, his legs are ineffectual, they won't get him there. But he notices, wouldn't it be a bummer to notice, like, the water begin to bubble, and him be like, oh, man, the water's bubbling. And then decide to try to get there faster. I know some of you can't see me. I'm still here, um, and begin to like, like, to do this thing where he's trying to get in the water, and then of course somebody would say, "Jack's moving" or whatever, and go get in the. Wouldn't that be a horrible, like, sad scenario with this guy? But he's trying to get in, and that's part of what stirs, I think, Jesus to say to him, "Just get up." His desire makes a difference. So here's a fill in the blank to consider. When it comes to healing, am I working at it? In other words, like, am I eager enough to experience it that it is affecting me putting some energy toward it? Most physical healings 
recorded in the Bible have someone who really kind of wants to see it happen in a bad way. We just mentioned this one in the last few weeks in Mark 10, a blind gentleman named Bartimaeus sitting by the road and Jesus passes by. Bartimaeus figures out it's Jesus and he's heard stories apparently that Jesus is a healer. And it, so he shouts, tries to get Jesus' attention, and it says, many rebuked him. I love this. And it's part of his healing story. Many rebuked him, told him to be quiet. Shut up, Bartimaeus. He's like, uh-uh. Shouted all the more to get his attention. He wants to experience healing. He wants to get better. In Mark chapter 5, there's a woman who's been dealing with menstrual bleeding for 12 years. And it says in verse 26, she had suffered a great deal and had spent all she had on doctors. She's doing everything she can to get healed. It's part of her story. And by the way, in the rest of that story, if you read it, she kind of works, she has to work her way through a crowd. Uh, and she was breaking actually some social rules and get all the way into Jesus. And how do you know if you're in a crowd and Jesus is like walking, the people close to Jesus aren't really willing to get away from Jesus because they just, they got their good spot. But somehow she works hard to get to him and she touches his garment. Oh, and this is cool stories. Something happens because Jesus stops the crowd because he feels something go out of him. In an, in an old translation, which I like the best, it says that he recognized that virtue went out of him. Like, so he's going along and, uh-oh. It's like, well, somebody just took something. And it was her energy and effort and her reaching toward him that power came out from him. Her focus and energy and effort made is a huge part of her story of getting healing. She was miraculously healed. Another one of my favorites is Luke 5. Some men came carrying a paralytic man on a mat. They went up on the roof. They lowered him on his mat through the tiles. They carry a friend to think of the calories burned just to get this to happen. They carry their friend who can't walk to a church service. When they get there, they can't find a way in. So they find a place close to the house where they were having church. And then they hoist their friend onto the roof. Then they have to tear a hole in the roof. And then they have to figure out how you're going to lower, <laughs> lower your paralyzed friend down so that he's not hurt worse as you lower him through. I'm figuring this was at least a half day's work just getting this guy into the presence of Jesus where then Jesus heals him. A little side note on it, their friends and his friends energy and effort would have would appear to be the people who got him to the place of healing, maybe even more than his own. Don't underestimate the, the power you have to affect somebody else's life. 
The simple idea, it's not a fill in the blank, but it'll come up on the screen. Most healing accounts involve someone's effort. Um, I just want to do a side note here. Not always. Sometimes we can pray a pretty simple prayer of healing and it will work. I don't want to diminish the thought. If you get an opportunity to pray for someone, just do it. Uh, This last Wednesday, I was in the parking lot here at the church. A friend of mine named Gabe was here. He was going to come and serve uh, during student ministries. And so we were talking about life. He's a dad trying to raise his kids and different things. And part of the conversation at one point, because I saw him limping as he came around his truck. And I said, what's up with the limp? And he said, oh, I got a foot thing that flares up when I work a lot. And so at the end of it, we prayed. Um, and I didn't just pray about the foot. I prayed for him. And we kind of prayed for each other that we'd be good dads. And, you know, I prayed for life. And then I added to it. And God, I just pray for Gabe's foot that you would, you know, make it better. And uh, uh, the next day he texted me this. He said, I've been up working for a while, and I almost have no foot pain. Your prayer worked. And I'm like, no way. Are you serious? Right? And so I want to just I share, you, share that with you, because sometimes just, if you just get it, just pray. You never know when a prayer may change things. We talk about that a lot around here. But back to the emphasis today about desire and in a sense, working at this pursuit of miraculous healing, here's a question that will finish up this point. Ask yourself, is this healing worth fighting for? When you are sick, when someone is sick, and I'm authentically telling you, ask the Lord. Lord, you want me to fight for this one? I do think there's sometimes where the answer is, no, it's okay. Not, this could, I could be wrong on this. I could be wrong on a lot of things. You all knew that. But I do think there's some things I know in my own life that are sore or a little difficult. And I think there's bigger things to do. The world's lost. People need a savior. Blah, blah. And so I just kind of go, anybody just have aches and pains in their life? And sometimes I just think it's just part of life. And it's okay. So I'm not going to stop the whole world because... You know, my knee hurts because welcome to my body. Does that make sense? So some, but there are other things that we say, Lord, am I supposed to fight for this? And I think God will say, I want you to fight for that. For ourselves or for other people. Here's some ideas if, if you're supposed to fight for stuff. Uh, they're not fill in the blanks, but there's some ideas. Make a plan. Put it on your prayer list. It's time for the church to be strategic about prayer so that we get it done. Uh, Next one, engage in a fast. Give up food for a day or for a week or every Wednesday until you see a healing. Does that make sense? Fast. It's one of the tools that the church has. Uh, Drive to their house. The person you're praying for, just text them and say, is it okay if I come over and pray for 10 minutes? Instead of just praying where you're at, go there. Lay a hand on their shoulder and pray. Um, Another one, rally some troops. James 5. Is any one of you sick? Let them call the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Call some spiritually mature people and say, would you come and help me pray for this situation? 
So those are some ideas. Physical healing is connected to a desire for wellness. That was the first point we got. Five minutes to do the second point. Whoo! Are you ready? Second point. Oh, this one's fun. Physical healing is connected to turning from sin. Some of you won't like this. Some of you might disagree with it. I'll begin this with a question that's thought-provoking. Have you ever had anyone ask you anything like this? Did I get cancer because I had an affair? As a pastor, I've had some people ask me these kinds of questions. In other words, like, did I get sick because of my sin? Uh, don't, don't say it out loud, but what's your answer to a question like that? You want to know my answer? Maybe. Maybe. Let's change the question a little bit. The first one was, did I get cancer because of my affair? Another way to ask the question is, could I have gotten cancer because of my affair? What's the answer to that one? Yes. Biblically, yeah. Did you know there are consequences for our sin? Some of you are like, oh, I don't like this at all. You should probably pay attention. Because there's a ripple effect for our sin. And there's biblical uh, uh, examples of our sin brings stuff into it. It opens a door to the enemy to bring stuff in our life that we don't want. Here's just uh, in our text, Jesus says to this gentleman after healing him, and I am sure filled with compassion, Jesus healed him. And then he says, see, you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. In the Old Testament, King David, Bible character, committed adultery, and his son died as a consequence of David's sin. Isn't that sad? In Exodus, there's a story of a guy, of a, of a Pharaoh who kept resisting God. He had a hard heart toward the Lord, and the whole community, as a result, got sick with boils, festering boils. Ugh. Why? Because of a sin, opened the door, brought illness in. Even in Genesis chapter 3, the first account of sin with Adam and Eve, part of the consequence, God says to the woman, because you've sinned, I will make your pains of childbearing very severe. So we're going to finish with this theological idea Try to grab this. Don't miss this. Less sin generally leads to more health. Avoiding sin is a great idea. I'm going to take a minute to camp out on a Christian worldview of why sin, sickness, and pain is in our world. So for some of you, this might be new. This is super helpful. By the way, a lot of times what we do as human beings is we vilify something and say, well, it's because of that that this pain is happening, right? We say, well, everybody knows it's because of the Democrats that... And now there's... 60 of you are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's Or for you, like, it's the Republicans... 
that are causing the pain, right? We tend to identify that's why this and we blame that for this. Here are three reasons, biblical reasons, why bad things are happening, sin is happening in our world. The first one is fallenness. You can write it in. It's just fallenness. It's the world when sin entered the picture fell from God's design and now there's yuck and junk and hurt and pain in it. General, it's going to happen. COVID, people got sick because of the fallenness of the world. There was an illness introduced somehow. And we, does that make sense? It's just part of life. Fallenness of the world. Second one is uh, sinfulness. This is sickness or pain that's caused, and you can draw a direct line. It's because that guy did this thing, and that caused pain in your life. Or this one, right? It's, most of us have experienced either sickness or pain because somebody else did something was, was not part of God's plan at all, and man, did that hurt. Third reason for sickness, pain. By the way, this is, it's hard to know which one's which. Oh, this, the, the, the next one's stupidity. This is not because of sin. It was just dumb. So it's important to know that sometimes, like uh, when I was, I was trying to put a fence post in the ground, and, and so I didn't have one of those fence post drivers, and so I just grabbed a 40-pound dumbbell and stood on the back of my truck and was balancing on the, the back of my, the bumper. And I'm like, K-kish, k-kish. This, I thought this is a great idea. It was a stupid idea because it, it, it popped off the top of the, the thing and then it was put my finger between the fence post was here and the dumbbell was there. How many of you had that pain squish that just happened? Like, ah! yeah, that's what I did. Now, was it my sin? Was it sinful? Just to be clear, is it sinful to use a dumbbell to drive a fence post? No, it's not sinful. It's just stupid. Are you not paying attention? Okay. So sometimes stupidity, but not, okay. So here's the, oh! Uh, So here's the million dollar question. In the midst of all those different possibilities for for the pain, sickness in our world, the million-dollar question is, which one of those is the cause of my friend having cancer? And the honest question is, sometimes it's really hard to know. It's all right. It's worth exploring. Is there sin anywhere in the picture that we can repent of? I think most of the time, the cancer stuff, you guys, most of those things, that's the fallen world. Can I just add, and this is the point of this, you know what's helpful in all those situations? More holiness. Just in case, let's get the sin out of the picture so we can at least take that off of the possibility plate. Make sense? Let me, let me uh, we looked at this just briefly in James chapter 5. We talked about 
getting a group together to pray? Is any one of you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them. If you go on, the context here is desiring to see people get healthy or healed from sickness. And it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. It's a challenge to personal holiness. So that you may be healed. And then it goes on to say, the prayer of an average person is powerful and effective. That's not what it says. Are you paying attention? Okay, thank you. That's not what it says. So this is the last idea. I never thought we would get here from a talk about physical healing. But we're going to end with this. How about we pay attention to our righteousness in hopes that we could increase our power, that we might bring God's healing into our world. That's a good plan. Last question, am I paying attention to personal holiness? And I know a lot of us are. God bless you. Let's keep doing it. Because I know sometimes it gets tiresome. Especially when you're praying, you're like, oh, does this actually matter? Can I just tell you, keep Keep working on personal holiness. Keep repenting. Keep confessing your sin. Keep bringing accountability in your life because it matters. There's probably another group of you, if you're, like you're getting lazy in it, don't get lazy. Keep working on it. Don't give up. It's worth it. And if you're a person who's not paying any attention to personal holiness, you should be somewhat concerned because that may have horrible effects on you, your family, people around you, you should run to Jesus, the Savior of the world, and say, Jesus, I need help, and I want forgiveness, and I want life change. Why don't you stand? We're going to close. You've been patient today. Physical healing is connected to a desire for wellness and turning from sin. Great morning if you've got sickness in your life. If you're praying for a friend who's got something going on, it's a great morning to come over and have the prayer team join you in prayer for that situation. And by the way, they'll pray for anything going on in your life. Let's close. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.